Welcome to From Beer to the Bible with your host, Urban Lee. Each week, you'll hear stories from Urban's road to sobriety and steps you can take to help you or a loved one find healing through Jesus Christ. Now here's your host, Urban Lee. Good evening and welcome to the show. It's Urban Lee, host of From Beer to the Bible. You can find information about the book at FromBeerToTheBible.com. Want to start tonight's show with another question. The question comes from a listener. What was the greatest obstacle to your sobriety? What was the greatest obstacle to your sobriety? I would have to say denial. Denial that I had a problem. And I want to go to the Word, and I want to read a scripture. And it's Proverbs chapter 28, verse 13. I'm going to read the New King James Version. He who covers his sins will not prosper, but whoever confesses and forsakes them will have mercy. I love that scripture because it reminds me of when I was in denial about my alcoholism. And I stayed in denial for a long time, number of years, because honestly, it was my sin that I was committing and my active alcoholism, my shame, my embarrassment, feeling like I let everybody down. And one of the things that happens to a person who spirals into alcoholism is that one of the symptoms of that is people-pleasing, trying to please others, and trying to cover up the root issue. Because alcohol is just a symptom of what's really going on deep down inside. And I would find that out later on as I started my active recovery. So I want to talk about the effects of denial. And while I was in my denial, I realized that I was spiraling deeper and deeper into alcoholism, and I just, I I lost my way. I lost my hope. I lost a lot of what I would call my rhythm of living. And people said, well, how do you, how did you realize that you had a drinking problem? And what I would do is, when in the, the times that I was sober, I would search the internet. And I was in denial, so I would look for the questions, like, How do you know if you have a drinking problem? So I'm going to read you some of the questions that helped me identify that I had a drinking problem and also will help those who are listening tonight who may believe that they have a drinking problem or may be an alcoholic. One of the questions was lying about or hiding your drinking. Lying about or hiding your drinking. This struck a chord with me right away. Because the reason I was even looking up the questions was because I knew I was lying about my drinking. I I lied about it and I hid alcohol all, all over the house just in case I needed a drink. And I tried to hide at places that my wife wouldn't find it. And fast forward to when I got out of rehab and I was going through the house trying to find all my stashes. Even when I was drunk, I was hiding alcohol places. And so I knew when I read that question, that was a check mark for me. The other symptom of alcoholism was drinking alone. When I first started drinking, I was a big going out party guy, and I was always in the company of other people who were drinking. But I noticed when my drinking got worse, I was just drinking alone. I would drink by myself at bars, drink alone at the house, watching a game. I came to realize that anytime I was doing anything outside of work, I had a drink in my hand. And the next question was neglecting responsibilities to drink. Well, 
being a, a steward of a business, I started to realize that I would not go to work. And I would tell my wife I was going to work, but I had friends who owned businesses and companies. We would literally just go drink. We'd have lunch, have three or four drinks at lunch. And I think I, I have let everyone know uh, we had liquor stores. So the liquor reps would come by and say, hey, you want to you wanna go have a drink? You want to taste our product? So alcohol was always available to me. Another symptom of alcoholism was having trouble in your relationships. Well, <laughs> as my drinking got worse, every re meaningful relationship I had also spiraled into a deep, dark place. I stopped calling my mom and my grandmother. And those of you who know me know that I speak to my mom and my grandmother every day. And I stopped calling because one, it was my selfishness. And two, it was, I was embarrassed because I knew my mom could see that I was no longer the person and the son she had raised. So one of the things the enemy did to isolate me was I stopped calling them and they are my prayer warriors and they are my support. So I stopped calling my mom and I remember her saying to me one day when I did, for whatever reason, call, she said, you don't call us anymore and your grandmother's worried about you. And I just tell her, you know, one day let's keep praying and one day he'll come back to us. And you would think hearing that from your mother would change your life, change your perspective on drinking. All I really said to her was, you know, I'm working through some things and, you know, I'll, I'll call you guys soon. She was saying, you know, are you still drinking? You know, perhaps you should try not to drink as much. And I said, oh, no, I'm getting it under control and I'm going to stop drinking. And literally, I would promise that. I would stop drinking, hang up the phone. What would I do? Go get a drink. Um, and over the years, I would say I started to see the symptoms of alcoholism manifest themselves in my life over what I'm going to call about a seven-year period. And in that seven years, I would try to stop. I quit. I'd make it a few days, a couple of weeks. I quit. I think the longest I could quit was about a year. But again, I wasn't addressing the root issue of my problem. So sobriety was void for my life and impossible in my own strength is what I would find out later. And then uh, as I'm reading the article, I go down and another symptom of having a drinking problem is experiencing withdrawal from alcohol. Experiencing withdrawal from alcohol. First, let me just talk about the physical withdrawal. So I wake up in the morning and you're just sluggish. You feel really bad and you, you want a quick fix. So I started drinking in the mornings. Uh, I would usually start around 10 o'clock in the morning. I would start with a few beers because you can rationalize. Well, I'm just drinking beer. It's fine. I'm not going to be drunk. I'll drink one. So it started. I drink one. Then an issue or something would occur. Oh, I need a beer. So I'd run to the beer, drink, you know, two or three more beers. And then I'd say, well, at lunch, then I would start drinking vodka or whatever, uh, margaritas or something, because I could rationalize to myself, 
well, it's just margaritas. Well, the next day I wake up, you feel crappy. And then I noticed my hands would start to shake. And I, I could not stop them from shaking. So it's embarrassing to go out and your hands are shaking because people are looking at you. So I realized the way to fix it was to have another drink. So I'm not only experiencing the physical symptoms, I'm experiencing the, the spiritual symptoms because I have no control of my soul, which is, again, my mind, my will, and my emotions are running rampant. And you just, it's hard for me to explain to someone who's not been an alcoholic, but just imagine feeling like you have no control of anything unless you have alcohol. You have no control over your life, your mind, your will, your body, not even your heart without alcohol. And once I finished reading all the signs that tell you you're an alcoholic, I said to myself, I'm an alcoholic. But honestly, I didn't do anything about it for about another three, three to six months. And I just continued to spiral. And I tried to convince myself that, well, you're just a heavy drinker. You're just a heavy drinker. And then I would say to myself, I'm just going to, wherever I go, I'm going to make sure that I don't overdrink. So anytime I was getting ready to go somewhere, my whole mindset was built around not what I was going to wear, not what I was going to say, not what I was going to do or fellowship with anybody. It was all around, okay, tonight I will only have four drinks or tonight I would only have six drinks. Well, normal people don't have that conversations with themselves. And what I came to realize is anytime you're having conversations with yourself before you go out anywhere social or in a drinking setting, that is a major sign that you have a drinking problem and you most likely are an alcoholic. When you start to lose friendships and you have problems due to drinking, but you don't want to quit, that happened to me. I, I really just separated myself from my friends. And, and I, I think they meant well, but what I really just needed was moral support. My dad tells me a story and reminds me of the importance of moral support. My dad said in school, the teacher would have a different student take out the trash every day. And every day she would assign the student who was taking out the trash and she assigned a partner to just walk with that person to take out the trash and walk back with them. Her rationale for that was teaching them the importance of moral support. And moral support is not having the answers. Moral support sometimes is just being there. And a perfect example of that, as I, I often think back over what my wife did and didn't do during my active addiction. And what I realized that she never tried to have the answers 
she never complained. She never used those famous words, you need to stop drinking. What she did was she prayed, she trusted God, and she was moral support. She was never really negative. She just was always saying, you can make it, you can get through this. And she was really moral support. She never pretended to have the answers. She stayed strong, which kept me strong. She always tried to promote self-care. And when I look at her, she's incredibly strong to stay with a guy that I was. Because deep down inside, I remember being in rehab, we had this rule. No man opened his own mail. No man opened his own mail. So I was always assigned to open another gentleman's mail and another gentleman opened by mail. And the reason we did that was there were so many divorce papers served in rehab. And I saw people being served divorce papers in rehab derail so many people from getting the help they needed. So me and all my guys, we made a pact that whenever the mail came, I handed my mail off to my brother Lonnie, and I was responsible for another gentleman named Bill. And I remember one day a big envelope came, and he handed it to me. And I just had this feeling come over me. And at that point, I wanted to back out on my brother, but I couldn't. So I opened it, and it was his divorce papers. So I had to be moral support. And my moral support at that moment was to read him his divorce papers. And what really broke my heart was there was a letter in the divorce papers from his son. And I had to read that letter from his son. And I'm going to summarize it for you. I wasn't really strong enough to read it myself. So I just said, Lord, help. Amen. And I read it. And what it said is, Dad, I hate you for what you've done to us, for what you've done to our family. I never want to see you again, but I do want you to pay for my college. So please send the money for school, for my car, and for my dorm. Bye. And please don't ever contact me again. And I saw my friend Bill shatter into about two million pieces. And we were all sitting there in the group, probably like seven or eight men. And I think I saw just about every man cry. And I was saying and praying, Lord, Bill has two more weeks to go. Please don't let him leave. Because a lot of times when guys would get those type of notes or divorce papers, they pack up their stuff and they leave. So we were watch we were watching Bill. 
and he had a tough 24 hours, but he said, I can't help anybody by leaving. I can't help myself. I'm going to stay. And I saw a strength in him and a determination that can only be the spirit of the living God to get him through that moment. So days would come and days would go and I'd wait anxiously for my papers. And every time an envelope would show up, I'd give it to Lonnie and I was waiting on Lorraine to send me those papers because she was well within her right. She was well within her right. I wouldn't have, I had already reconciled myself to the fact that probably was a good decision on her part. So I wasn't, I wasn't going to be mad. Funny thing happened. Those papers never came. And they haven't come to this day. Now, what I will tell you is, and I refer to it as a trust account. We all have a trust account with whoever we're dealing with, your family, your friends, your loved ones, your employees, your employer. And when the trust account is violated or is run down to almost empty, you have a right to expect whoever that is you violated your trust account with to leave you, to fire you, to tell you to go away. So it's a long road to rebuilding that trust account. Trust account is rebuilt by testing. Can only develop trust in a person by testing. So for me, it's been a process to rebuild my trust account with my wife, with my family, with my friends, with my employees. And that's a one day at a time thing. And I think that's an amazing concept that so many of us miss out on is one day at a time. So my focus has been one day at a time showing my wife that I'm not going to drink, that I'm not going to stress, that I'm not going to be anywhere that is disrespectful to our marriage, that I'm not going to do or say anything to any woman that dishonors the covenant that I made before God. And slowly, probably not at the pace I would like, I've been able to rebuild my trust account with my wife. Now let's talk about my family. I love my family and they are, (laughs) they protect you at all costs. And I remember my early sobriety, we would go to a restaurant and I literally could not order for myself. They would say, he's not having anything to drink. And I would say, I'm good. I'm good. I'm fine. I'm going to be fine. And I remember my mom and I, we go out to Cheddar's restaurant. We're sitting there. We've already ordered. And the waiter comes over with a 64-ounce beer and says, hey, somebody bought this for you. And my mother, I thought, was going to attack him. He does not drink. Uh, who sent him that? And I said, calm down. I said, sir, I didn't order a beer. Please take it back. 
Well, it was a test. I don't know who was testing me. I believe the Lord was testing me. I was probably, I don't know, 40 to 60 days sober. And of course he brings one of my favorite drinks, beer's ice cold. I look at it and I said, can I fall here, son? And I told him to take it away. So I started to rebuild my trust account with my mother that she could trust me even when tempted that I could turn away from the thing that the Lord is using to take care of my family and what the enemy tried to use to destroy me. So if you are a recovering alcoholic, do not grow weary in doing good. The Bible says that. Do not grow weary in doing good and fighting for the recovery of your trust account with your family, your children. And one of the things I'll say to you is I've learned that rebuilding that trust account takes time and time takes time. You're going to have to persevere and you're going to have to endure. And another question I got is what's the secret to endurance? What's the secret to your perseverance? Well, I'm in Christ and I trust the Holy Spirit to lead, guide, counsel, comfort me and empower me to live a life free of alcohol. But the best, and I don't give advice, but I will say this. The only way to endure is to endure. I don't know how to teach it to you. It's just to endure. There are the good days I have where, hey, I'm just on a cloud. Then there are those days where I feel like, ooh, Lord, I'm not doing a very good job for you today. But Always remember, it's not about your performance. It's about Christ's performance, what he did for you, what he did for you on the cross, the perfect life he lived. And I I spent a lot of time struggling with this. There's religion and there's relationship. Our Lord and Savior desires for us to be in a relationship with him. So I want to encourage all of my people who are in recovery or recovering from alcohol and drug addiction. Endure and persevere. And with that, I'm going to have a quick word for you when we come back. We'll be back with more of From Beer to the Bible right here on The Word, 100.7 FM. Finding addiction help is intensely personal, and the differences in options may not be immediately clear. Hampton Ministries was founded with the intent to provide people struggling with substance and behavioral issues with guidance to find the best environment for their well-being and recovery. Our main focus is to help those who use drugs and alcohol to break free and learn to cope with life circumstances. Hampton Ministries provides a rehab welcome kit to provide crucial resources to make their journey a success. Utilizing Lonnie Hampton's principles of character, work ethic, and selflessness, participants learn to hold themselves accountable. We want to help each individual obtain the life skills necessary to live a happy, successful, sober life. If you or a loved one is wrestling with substance abuse and needs help finding treatment or to donate, please visit HamptonMinistries.org. That's HamptonMinistries.org. Welcome back to From Beer to the Bible. Here's your host, Irvin Lee. 
Welcome back. Please remember to get the book at FromBeerToTheBible.com. To just close out tonight's show, I want to say this is a platform. This is not about building my brand, but it's about sharing this platform for anyone who has suffered from alcohol and drug addiction and has recovered through the power of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So please, if you have a story to share, a testimony that you would like to share with the world, please go to FromBeerToTheBible.com. And I want to leave you with this. The love, I love you. The faith is in Christ Jesus. And the hope is found in the Lord our God. May God always richly bless you. Thank you for listening to From Beer to the Bible with host Irvin Lee. To learn more, visit FromBeerToTheBible.com. There you can catch past episode podcasts and find other resources. That's FromBeerToTheBible.com.